This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Political desk. Yes, indeed. Hey, you know, uh, by now, so this is what we do on a Monday morning. We run rule through some of the main stories that are doing the rounds and making headlines in as far as South African politics is concerned. Our commentator this morning is uh, uh, from the Vert School of Governance, Dr. T. Capo. Well, good morning to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, morning, Sam. Thanks for having me. Here's an interesting one now coming out of the ANC that uh, they are now, I mean, this has been coming. I think the cracks uh, started to appear, I think, in Ekuruleni is where the cracks really started to show. And this is the tensions between the ANC and their coalition partner, the EFF, um, out in Ekuruleni. Did you see this one coming? Well, I think the first thing I remember speaking to you saying was, was this even a coalition? Because mm. I remember the NC released a framework. And within the framework, I remember that specific weekend the NEC released, questions were already being asked to say, how is it that in Gauteng, it seems as though they're working outside the framework? So really, it was never really a coalition of partnerships because the NEC itself never really brought into this. And look, again, it always goes back to what I say about coalition. What's the principle stand mm. for, for you joining together? And if we can't see it in paper... This is it's a bit of a fact and said this thing is not going to work and we should not be surprised about it. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I think there were efforts. I think Panyaz Ali Sufi uh, was talking about that they can still um, find each other. But as you, say, as you say, you have to question whether, in fact, it was a coalition. I think they, um, in, the, in Joburg, they used the term uh, a government of provincial unity. Um, as opposed to a coalition, because there's no coalition agreement uh, in, in it. Um, does it? What does it say then for possible working together between the EFF and the ANC, uh, even at national level? Um, do you think that puts paid to any such chances, or you know, dynamics are different at that level? Well, look, I think we should never underestimate the, you know, the, the, the power of opportunity, political opportunity, or opportunism, uh, let's call it like that, when mm. it comes to power. And both these parties have shown themselves that, look, uh, they do like power. So uh, I'll never say it won't happen. But if you're saying something which is long lasting and something which, again, could be something credible for, for South Africans to look forward to. Look, I think that's still a bit dicey because at the end of the day, there's many people within the ANC that really don't hold a flame for the EFF. Uh, and Gauteng is kind of maybe a bit of an outlier owing to the fact that maybe for them it looks like they're closer to losing power uh, than the rest of maybe other ANC regions. Hence, them for them, it's more about, uh, it's not about principle, it's more about uh, expediency more than anything else. So should we call it out? I don't think it'll ever be a coalition, but it will be mm. something worth considering for post-2024. Mm. All right, away from that and uh, to more international matters here and this much anticipated agoa summit which is said to uh, take place in south africa here um well we had a bit of a bumpy ride with the americans when with the you know the ambassador set the cat amongst the pigeons with some of her, the comments that he made around lady r and so on but it seems as if we got over that how significant do you believe this summit will be in as far as the us uh, our relations with the us government look if you look at it purely from a numbers point of view we're speaking about i think the goal brings in about the value of it is around 2.1 2.6 billion 
US dollars. So, you know, you can times that by 18 point, I think, five as of last week. So you can have 300 or something there. Mm. So the value of it is important. However, and I think this is maybe speaks more to the internal controls of South Africa, that Goa was actually, the value was actually higher between 2004 and 2008. It's actually been going down. This is because Goa, while it is good in the sense that it allows for preferential trades with, with the U.S., it also kind of calls upon the country to improve its own internal dynamics so that you can actually take full advantage of it. Mm. So is it important economically? Yes, because as I think our Minister of Finance is saying, we're a bit in a, in a bit of a crisis at the moment. So the, the value of the economics makes it an important thing. But again, have we taken full value of it? And therefore, we, you know, we should have found ourselves in a position where we maybe ex- we, we tripled what the value is and that we actually grew out of a go. And that, I think, has been the bigger, has been something which is missing in the conversation that in theory, you're supposed to actually grow from a go to mm. go to a different perspective, to, to a higher level. I think yes. it's, a, it's called the graduated thing. And we've mm. never got to that level. So until we get there, this will always be important because it kind of, Heals us for from a bit of the incompetence of uh, having a lack of economic policy. So it, by that, I guess by that definition, it's quite crucial. But again, uh, the good thing which I see is that, and I, we have to stand. I, I stand with the government in this. That it, yes, it's good to have a goa, but at the same time, it's also good to trade with the Chinese. So we need to eat from both sides of the hemisphere, and we should never feel as though we should eat from only one side because. Mm. Both sides cannot feed uh, basically the fact that our government has not done its homework when it comes to economic policy. Mm. It's polling season yet again. Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, you know polls that are coming out, uh, um, you know, that are assessing the chances or what will happen in next year's um, uh, elections. Now, the latest one has predicted uh, that the NC will fall to 45 percent of the vote. You know, often, and this one was done by the Social Research Foundation. People often say, but yeah, who do people, who gets surveyed in these things? They? And where some people, I think, uh, mistake these kind of uh, uh, polls to be some kind of a predictor of what will happen rather than a test of, mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, or for an indication of where people are at a given time. Well, I think that's actually the best way to put it. I don't look at polls uh, like a, a year out of elections because uh, in forecasting, anything with forecasting is the longer you take out the horizon, the more inaccurate it becomes. Mm. Now, when it comes to about six months, four months, three months, that's when you can start saying, hmm, look, let, let me start looking. Like you said, for looking at a picture in a moment of time, not, not mm. the final picture. Mm. Because as you know, uh, this is where I do agree with people. You should always question the methodology of who was interviewed, where mm. it was interviewed. And also, look, if somebody calls you randomly, says, hey, Mr. Titi, uh, what do you think of uh, voting for the Freedom Front Plus or the DA? Look, most polite South Africans will say, mm, you know what, uh, let me give me time to think about it. Not that I'm opposed to it, mm. you know, because this is this phenomenon was found in, in the US when it came, and even with Brexit, where people, when asked a direct question, would rather be polite and say nothing or just say maybe, mm. which, which kind of gives the appearance of, okay, maybe it goes there. But but as I said, like you say, it's a picture in a moment of time. You don't have to take them seriously. Let's wait for six months, four months, and then let's start having a question about, Look, what what we what can we what can we draw from this picture? But it's not a final thing, like you're saying. So take it from what it is. It's interesting. It's good for mm. discussion, but it's not the final picture. And as, as from a sampling point of view, um, as the, this particular one, fifteen hundred people were surveyed. Uh, were you know the you know that they were polling. Um, how does that uh, rank in as far as uh, you know sample sizes go? 
No, it, it's quite small. I mean, our population, what, what the stats say, say uh, we're on 62 million. million and, mm. Yeah, 60 there around there. So you, you probably have to go down, way down. So what, the tenth of a tenth is not even there. So mm. it's, it's more of a... And also, it, it depends where you are. Because look, the biggest voter regions in, in South Africa, it's KZN. It's KZN, if I'm not mistaken, Gauteng. So you also have to take account into that. You also have to take account into age. So it's quite a small one. It's Like I said, it's more of an interesting then mm. I, oh my word, this is a solid type of, of methodology they followed. It would be interesting who they, like what you were asking, who's there, mm. what's the demographics, uh, and things like that. And then just finally, um, Parliament is uh, said to continue or like forge ahead with the two impeachments now. I mean, we've had all these years, we've never had an impeachment before. Now in this year alone, we could end up with three impeachments. Yes, I think it's making people reconsider their careers. We used to think being being in the legal field, you're you are almost uh, oh, immune wow. from these things. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Look, again, it, the question I'll always ask is to say, look, let's see. I, I wish, and you know, this is, I guess, maybe because of politics, I wish that, you know, the, the facts were laid bare and it could actually be a cold process and it didn't have elements of politics. Because when you really look at the individuals in question, uh, apart from, you know, uh, Judge Mutala and his uh, situation, which goes way back way, Mm. Uh, if you remember how he got into the headlines, it, you know, it's it's a bit tricky because the, the thing about impeachment is once it goes to parliament, it becomes a political process. Yeah. And it's very hard then to decipher what is politics and what is really, you know, what is really incorrect. Because, again, mm. if you look at someone like Judge Trump, if you just look at his history, and he's, he's a brilliant legal mind. Mm. But obviously certain things have not really gone in accordance. And I just wish that it was almost as though we could get a cold process where we could say, listen, let's give the facts and judge the facts mm. in accordance to what is being asked, which is impeachment. Because mm. you have to also remember impeachment also has a, a bit of a repercussion in the sense that I'm not sure how it impacts your retirement fund. Because mm. these guys, usually judges get paid in perpetuity mm. because it's, it's, a, it's one of those positions you want to hold because you can always be useful for the state. Now, if it, if it affects that, you know, it's a bit of a dicey issue and to really say... This is a pure legal thing. I don't think so. I think there's mm. some elements of politics. But again, in the absence Major of... Major elements of politics. With, because ultimately, yeah. we have seen I mean, with the um, position of Advocate uh, Mkweban in her impeachment that it didn't really ultimately matter what kind of evidence was presented one way or the other. It came down to a numbers game. Exactly. And that should not be the case for a, you know, for, for a field which... You kind of depend on them to, to you know, look, I always say this, we should not look for impartiality. I wish we probably went with the American system where I want our judges to be say, listen, I believe in X and Y. Mm. But when it comes to this, how I dispense the law, mm. it is in accordance to that. Mm. It's just that we've got ourselves into this, I call it the, the constitutional fallacy where we believe it's so good that we cannot question it. Mm. And yeah, which really means when politics does happen, we're more surprised than we, like you said, than we ought to be. Mm. Fantastic stuff there. Dr. TK Poez with the Vet School of Governance. Thank you so much as always for your perspective and insights. Appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.